Chats from the Blog Cabin. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know the show where I invite people virtually into the blog cabin to chat about life. You know who I am. I'm Melissa and I'm your host. But today we're talking about understanding our role in this world. And you, JR, have such an amazing grasp already. How old are you? I know you said in your bio that in your early 20s you were trying to figure it out. Are you still in your 20s? Yes, I am 22. You have such an amazing grasp already for being that. I want that young because I actually have a daughter who's 23. So I totally get that um, of finding your place in the world and your purpose. So before we talk about your show, the Time Capsule podcast and everything else, let's talk about who you are and then how you started your podcast and everything else you've discovered about life. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me here today, Melissa. I'm so happy to be here. My name is John Ruse. I also go by JR. I recently graduated from college last year from St. John's University with a bachelor's in mathematical physics and a minor in communications. And for so long in my life, I think I've always been following a set plan of what people wanted me to be instead of who I'm meant to be. So I've always been battling with that. My parents always wanted me and my brother to become doctors. Now I work in media, which doesn't really have much to do with medicine. But regardless, I think that I've always been trying to find out what I'm meant to do in this world. I'm always questioning everything, whether it's walking left or right. And I think that even though I'm only 22, I've started to understand myself more and what I want. And Luckily, I started a podcast with my brother and friends called the Time Capsule Show podcast, where we tell stories of the century because we believe that everyday people have everyday stories. And it actually has helped me feel less lost in this world because it's funny, no matter how different we see each other on the outside or on TV, we're actually very similar. We all have common struggles. We all have common successes. And that's one thing that we were able to highlight through my our podcast. So I'm really happy that we were able to tell people's stories. Yeah, your podcast sounds a little bit like mine because I want, you know, ordinary people telling their stories as well. Ever like you're chatting with friends over a cup of coffee or, uh, or beer or a glass of wine, you know, because I think once we start sharing our stories, that's when, like you said, people don't feel like they're alone, that they're like, oh, wow, there's somebody out there that's dealt with this. Or, oh, wow, there's somebody that's going through this right now that I can have strength and hope to know that I'm not alone. Exactly. And it's been so hard to see that, especially through social media. People have assumed that other people live perfect lives. You're there comparing yourself, especially in your 20s. It's really rampant that you compare your life to other people on social media. But the truth is, no one's life is perfect. We all have ups and downs, and we share many similar ups and downs. That is so true. And talking about you created it with your brother, was there ever a sense of competition between you and your brother about, or your parents were saying, oh, comparison, or you're not like him, or you're not like him? Actually, amongst our family, no, but with teachers and people on the outside, yes. I think that me and my brother were always treated the same at home. We experienced the same ups and downs here in our family. We experience the same pressure so we kind of you know put our hands together and said we're in this together so we've been back to back about that 
Yeah, because I totally get when you said about teachers because I have three girls and, you know, they're all so different. One's getting her degree in environmental toxicology or PhD. One just graduated with her bachelor in um, fine arts and interior architecture. And then the other one, she's right now, she's going to NYU for screenwriting. So talk about diverse children right there, you know? Wow, congratulations. That's amazing. They're all doing amazing things. But but to look and see you came out of the same family but you're all so different and even in their personalities are different. So are you and your brother alike? Are you kind of different or you kind of play off each other because of the podcast? We're very alike in some aspects, but at the same time, we're very different. Like I think personality wise, I love to talk more than he does. I think I'm more smiley than him, but in terms of things that we have in common, I think we you know we both got out of college as physics um, majors. We both always were good at math. He's more of a writer than I am. So there's a lot of things that I think we have in common, but we also have a few differences here and there. <laughs> so let's talk about, you talked about being in your twenties and feeling like you have to find your purpose. You were battling perfection because even in your bio, you said at 10, your parents forced you guys to take piano. Um, just all that bundled together. How did you escape all that and decide, no, this is what I'm going to be. And this is my life. And this is how I'm going to live it. It's so tough. I, I always like to say for 22 years of my life, I was put under a spell where I couldn't really figure out who I was and what I wanted to do. And I think my aha moment was actually in college when I was, you know, in this pre-med track. I was I just did it blindly. I was just following what other people wanted me to do. And I was in the library studying until 3 a.m. just to get a good grade. Could I have done that for, you know, to become a doctor? Sure. But did I enjoy it? No. And I kind of thought to myself, I can't imagine myself under the same stress and dislike for the next 15 years. For me, like, it's amazing if people want to become a doctor for the passion. But if you're not passionate about it, then for me, that wasn't a way to live. So me and my brother kind of talked about these things a lot to each other. And in college, I actually tried different fields. I did a, I did a lot of acting. I tried to do go into real estate. I worked in some retail, I worked in some um, bakeries. So I really just tried to pick up different things here and there. And now I work in media. So I like to say my experience is all eclectic, but I don't really know where I'm going just yet. But I think that I've done enough things to know what I don't want to do. <laughs> well, I love that because you're not being trapped into something that later on down the road in life that you don't know what you, you're like, oh, I hate my job. Because there are so many people that are in their 50s and 60s that they're just going to work just to get a paycheck and they're not really enjoying their life. So I applaud you for that so much. Thank you. And it, it was tough in college. Like, I think I went through about 10 different jobs in college. I could list out my whole resume for you after the show. But I just, I did a lot of things. My parents always called me crazy. They're like, what's wrong with you? You're only staying at a job for one month, for two weeks. There was a job I stayed at for two days, I think. And I just left the next day. But I think it's because I told her, I don't feel comfortable here. I don't like what I'm doing. And she's like, but you have to stay with the job. You know, it's a job, job's a job. You have to stay with it for a long time. But I told her, I don't like it. And I think that's probably an aspect that many people feel, but they end up just sticking with it because it pays the bills and it keeps them comfortable for a while. So let's talk about that pressure that you had from your parents to, like you just said, stay in the job, get the medical degree, get this. How did you escape that? How did you finally say, I'm not going to do it? I love you, but... I just can't live your life, you know, for you. Mm. I think that was in college and I was figuring out what majors I wanted to do. And then I realized it's my choice. 
they're not the ones coming to the dean's office changing the majors they're not the ones i mean in the future too they're not the ones that are going to be working as a doctor when i'm miserable it's going to be me so i think i realized i need to do something and i had mentors in my life that i met in real estate that i met in music and they advised me to just do what feels natural do what feels normal and that's what i kind of just went along with up to this day i still don't really know where i'm going to be honest but i'm just living it day by day and just taking advantage of every opportunity along the way so what were your parents reaction because i know a lot of parents are like oh, no you can't go against this what <laughs> were, they? were they supportive or were they not supported to begin with but they're supportive now that was exactly their reaction. I think that they weren't very happy. I think that older life, they expected me and my brother to follow this route of medicine and they would be proud to coat us with a lab coat and to be there when we receive a medical degree. They had this whole plan in their head that I don't know, I didn't like it. I didn't align, me and my brother, we didn't align with that plan. So it was, I think it's a, it was a very difficult conversation. Even up to this day, they're still pushing us. They don't really agree with the jobs that me and my brother are doing. My brother is, he worked in public relations straight after college with a science degree. I'm working in media. It doesn't really have much to do with medicine. They're not very supportive of it. But I don't think, you know, their support should matter or not, to be honest. I think that if it feels right to us, then we should follow that. Yeah, I think a lot of parents put their kids in kind of a box and say, you're supposed to be this way. And with with me, particularly um, with my girls being so different, I couldn't put them all in a box because they're so different that it's like amazing that you can raise one one way and raise the other ones the same way. And, and everybody comes out so differently. So are you are, are you and your brother similar like that? Are you different? Like you, you just said that he's working in public relations and you're in and media so that's kind of goes together yeah to an extent actually but i would say we both have a set of pros and cons i think he's more of a writer he's way more analytical we're both creatives that's for sure we both like to make new plans and see things from different perspectives that's why we ended up making our podcast with a group of people but at the same time i think we both have very different outlooks when it comes to media um, he's, like I said, like he's less of a talker than I am and he's more analytical. So I think we both kind of bring different things to the table, but I think it's a good clash when we work together. So let's talk about, you mentioned earlier about acting. Let's talk about acting because I know you were said in your bio, you were on some Netflix shows and some other things. So let's talk about something we might've seen you in. Yeah. So when I was in college, I did a lot of acting, whether it was on screen, featured or background and I actually worked for a Netflix show. It, we filmed in Bronx Science. It was called See You Yesterday. And I was a high school student there. And we also I also filmed for Pose on FX in the city and Law and Order SVU. These were all just background roles, but it was just a thrilling experience to be part of the production teams. And I was actually featured once on Korean national television, dressed like Peter Pan, running around in Times Square and having a K-pop band run after me. So I think <laughs> it was a very interesting experience. I My parents always kind of thought I was crazy for doing it. But you know what? It was I met great people. They fed me very well on sets and they provided transportation here and there. So for any students out there who want a fun job, you should try out acting. <laughs> I love that. So how did you get into being the background? Of course, when you're living in New York, you kind of have that opening a little bit anyways, but how did you get into the background acting? Yeah, I, so I was always a huge creative my whole life. Me and my brother are both actors, singers, and 
the theater environment on campus wasn't the best for me and my brother. So we decided to kind of outreach outside. And it really pushed us to do things on our own. So I looked it up. I didn't really know what the heck I was getting myself into. But I said, you know, I had nothing to lose. Let me just submit my profile here, there, and everywhere. And then I got emails back saying, hey, we like your look. Send us a video of you saying this. Or send us a picture of you wearing this. And then I was called to sets. And from there, it just kind of became like a landslide. I just kept getting roles after roles. And... It, it was fun for the meantime while I was in college. I think it's a cool college job to have, but it was definitely fun to be on set and to see cool people and to be part of a very artistic environment. So did you meet any famous people while you're on these sets? Because uh, you said SVU and I love SVU. Yes, I don't know that lady's name. There's this tall lady on Law & Order SVU that I worked with, oh my, I don't remember, I don't know her name, I'm sorry about that, but I worked on other sets also, I met, um, I worked with Anna Kendrick, are you familiar with her, she was in Pitch Perfect, okay. I've seen Cameron Boyce, the late Cameron Boyce, unfortunately, he was on Disney Channel, we worked on a set of um, Mrs. Fletcher for HBO, so I think, you know, many celebrities are actually very nice in person, that was actually an aha moment for me, because I realized this is their job, and you know it's sure it's nice that they're famous and a lot of people know them but at the end of the day it's their job also to do what they do and it, i kind of humanize them in that way <laughs> yeah i love that so let's talk about how you're inspiring people to be more creative you're doing that through your podcast but are you doing it other ways yeah so for me the podcast is the biggest way that we inspire people to be creative and how we inspire people to follow their own passion follow your own calling i think that we've heard so many stories we're up to episode 36 this week and just to hear people's stories and to hear people's struggles you end up finding that you can relate to so many people and life is so short life is tremendously short to just be holding back your passions holding back what makes your eyes light up and makes you smile so i think that through our podcast and just through people i meet when i talk to people in person i love to inspire youth and creativity and fun into people i think that most adults that i've met as we get older sometimes they forget what it's like to be a kid and to have that childlike wonder and to have that childlike perspective on life i think is what brings that energy and creativity to the table and yeah, that is so true so why did you decide to start the podcast with your brother and a group of friends? Because honestly, you know, that's something that seems like everybody's doing nowadays, starting a podcast or doing a YouTube channel or doing this or doing that. You already said you were creative. Was that the main part or you just wanted to share stories? So I think it's a mix of both. I think I've always wanted to start a YouTube channel. I've started in the past, but it, you know, I didn't really take it as seriously. I got, I kind of got in the TikTok trend during pandemic. It was great for a little bit also, but I didn't really start feeling happy after for a while. I wanted to do something that was creative, but also helpful towards the culture, helpful towards society. So that's why I decided, we decided to make our podcast because we wanted to create something that would be impactful and that would be insightful for people, not just something to make people laugh or something to make people stare at for you know, a minute or two, we wanted to create something that would impact the world. And whether our podcast goes bigs or go home, I just want to make sure that we inspire at least one person out there to follow their dreams, follow their passions, and to make people feel less alone. So let's talk about some of the topics from your podcast, because I actually just kind of tuned into one right before we came on. And that was the one with the doctor from England, was it a psychiatrist from England? So how do you find your 
your guest as well. Let's talk about your topics and then how you find your guest. Yeah, so when it comes to our topics, we actually cater them to the stories that we are being told. Uh, it's a, That's the most amazing part that sometimes I've never even heard these kinds of different stories. I can't relate to some of them. For example, we interviewed Daisy Chaudhry this month and her story was about detransitioning from female to male to female. And although I can't personally relate to it, I'm sure there's people out there who can relate to her story. And I'm so happy that we're able to tell that story. And we've also had in the past, um, Lauren Fernandez, who used to be a secret service agent for the White House. And she's writing a book called Talk Back Barbie. And we were able to have that discussion with her. So we find these people through the World Wide Web, the online internet. And I think the internet has made it so easy to just reach out to people and to just connect with people from all over the world. We've interviewed someone from Australia, even Jake Pearson. He's a personal trainer. So I think just making this web of connections around the world has really been um, a catalyst because of social media. Now, has this started? Did you start the podcast because of COVID? Yes, I would say so. Yes, I think COVID really trapped all of us in our rooms. And, it, you know, when that happens, you kind of just start thinking a lot, a lot. <laughs> so I think that the pandemic, the pro- the podcast was a product of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true, because honestly, with me, it's the same way, because I used to be fearful about being in front of the camera, about talking to strangers. And I'm like, I have so much anxiety, but I was in a challenge and the lady said, OK, go live. And tell people about one of your um, core values, and my one of my values is relationship and friendship. So I said, okay, if I'm going going to go live, then I'm going to go live with a friend because it's a lot easier when you're talking to somebody. And it just kind of bit, and then I was like, how can I open it up so other people can tell their stories? And I meet such fascinating people, which I know you can probably attest to that as well. That you meet some amazing people. For sure. Well, congratulations for taking that step, Melissa. I'm so happy for you. I love uh, your podcast. I've watched some episodes of your episodes and I love how you're similar to our podcast, talking to people, telling their stories. And, you know, you're right. Like we do need some interesting people along the way. And I think that's the best thing about it. Just meeting people that you probably wouldn't normally talk to and just learning their stories. And maybe you end up being similar in more ways and different. And I also love the fact that you just talked about how nothing is off topic for you as well, because there are some topics that people don't want to hear about, but people need to share their stories because if they you affect that one person that's maybe listening, it makes it all worth it. Exactly. And for me, you don't, I don't always know what my guests are going to talk about on the show. And honestly, I don't agree or necessarily disagree with everything that they say, but people have the right to, mm-hmm. to their own story. People have the right to their own feelings. And I'm not anyone in this world to bar them from feeling those feelings and telling those stories. So, and I think that's a lesson that we can all learn in life, whether you agree or disagree with someone, whether you know or don't know, it's always important to just have open ears and to have a dialogue where you can communicate yeah, so you don't have a form or preform or anything that for people to fill out to tell you a little bit about themselves before they come on, or do you just kind of wing it when they come on? A little bit of both. So we do have a booking form that says, hey, what are you about? What's your hobbies? What do you do? Things of that sort. And sometimes we'll look at their website, do some research. But at the end of the day, we try not to do too much research on our guests because we don't want to get so 
caught up and not get conversational about and be so analytical during the interview um kind of like this we just want to be conversational i talk you talk we both smile we have fun mm -hmm. and just have an, a very organic conversation that is so true now with that said we need to go to a quick commercial and then we will be right back chats from the blog cabin with you every week Hi, I'm Stratton Leopold from Leopold's Ice Cream in Savannah, Georgia. 11 years ago, we started the I Pledge Project, giving children who can recite the Pledge of Allegiance from memory a free scoop of ice cream. So join us. Over 200 shops across the country have over the last 11 years. Join us in July, National Ice Cream Month, and Independence Day for iPledgeforIceCream.com. And we are back. <laughs> Honestly, I wish I was a kid again that I could go get some free ice right? cream. <laughs> I love that. Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, that is so awesome. So when you is there ever been a guest where you said, No, we can't talk to you? Or like you said, you don't always agree with what they have to say, but has there ever been a guest where you're like, No, I'm sorry, this is way out of line? Honestly, not yet. I think that we're open to hearing most stories. If something is egregiously wrong and inappropriate, I think that we can all talk about it as a group, whether we would have the person or not. But besides that, I think that we're open to many people's stories and all different kinds of stories. Yeah, that is so true. Now, um, let's talk about your, a little bit of your background because you said you want to travel the world to experience and appreciate other cultures. So what is your culture? So... I'm actually of Filipino descent. My parents immigrated from the Philippines in the 80s. Yeah. So how can we keep your culture combined with the American culture? Because if you didn't see in my opening, our family is multicultural as well, if you didn't see that. I love that. My husband's a native of Mexico, and my son-in-law actually was born and raised in Japan. So wow. we have that all the, the um, possibilities. But how do you keep true to your culture and still kind of, I don't want to say transform, but make sure that you still fit in a little bit? Because it's hard, I know, keeping your culture. Definitely. And that's definitely one of my struggles growing up. My, you know, I would go outside to school. It's an American culture. It's a different kind of culture outside my house. But then as soon as I come back home, I felt like I was in the Philippines. My, You know, I spoke Tagalog, which is our language and we eat filipino food i was raised with the filipino culture here at home which is very different from the american culture so i think that it was always a struggle trying to fit in and trying to understand especially as a kid i think you know every kid just wants to fit in have mm -hmm. everyone like them have friends but it was definitely difficult because of those differences but now that i'm older i understand more you know i'm thankful that my parents didn't neglect our filipino culture that they always taught it to me although it was very difficult i've been to the philippines many times now and you know i have a wonderful family there that i love and they love me and it was just it was difficult as a child but now that i'm growing up i understand that more and i love the culture I know, I'm going to push you a little bit because I know you're not even ready for this, but do you do think it. you'll still have that pushing that culture once you have kids? You know, good question. I've thought about that quite a few times and I would. I think it's important that people understand their roots and where they come from because I think that's a huge part of who we are as individuals and how we can share it to the table with everyone else. 
So I think I would to an extent. You know, my parents um, got taught me and my brother Tagalog when we were very young. I don't think I would teach that to my kids because I don't personally see a practical use of it. If they want to learn it, I'm completely supportive of it. But I would definitely teach them the culture to an extent, bring them to the Philippines, bring them to the wonderful beaches and have them taste the nice foods there. Because I think that having that knowledge of background is really important. Yeah, one of my um, my middle daughters, one of her old boyfriends was her, his mom was from the Philippines, and she made lumpias and the hell, oh my gosh, oh, they're so good. <laughs> the classic. <laughs> you need to dip it with the sauce. <laughs> oh, they were so good. I'm like, why did you break up with him? I love that food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Philippines has great foods. I could show you all of them. We have adobo, pancit, pinakbid. We have so many different varieties of foods, and you will never get bored if you went to the Philippines. <laughs> so let's talk about growing up in America where you're not – consider the standard American person because, you know, I tried very hard to integrate my husband's culture with, with the girls, but the girls were not white enough for their white friends and they weren't Mexican enough for their Mexican friends. So let's talk about you because honestly, you probably had it even harder because you were raised by Filipino parents. You know, let's talk about the, some of the discriminations that you went through, some of the ways that you've overcome that. Not to say that being Filipino is a bad thing because it's an amazing thing. I love the fact that we have so many different cultures and we can learn from each other. Definitely. And, you know, I think it's beautiful. I think culture and diversity is beautiful. We're all entitled to beautiful cultures and identities. But it was definitely a struggle growing up, being raised in a Filipino household and going experiencing american culture outside i think there are many clashes like you know with my in the filipino culture it's very close to family listen to your parents but i think in american culture there's more of this sense of independence and trying to explore things on their own my parents are really strict growing up they always had a control of who we talked to and things of that sort so i think that always played a factor in it and in terms of discrimination oh i remember this very clearly i was in a theme park, I believe, Land of Make Believe here in New York, and I was online. Me and my brother were online, and this group of kids in front of us started calling us ninjas and nerds because we were Asian. And I didn't really, it didn't really click with me until, you know, a few hours after that. Wow, that was actually really inappropriate how they were treating us. That wasn't, you know, nice way to talk to a kid. They were about our age too, but just experiences like that can always transform someone's mind for the worst to be honest but luckily i was able to talk it out with my brother and my family but there was always some uncomfortable moments in my life because of my of my background but i i never let that deter me i think it was always important to share a little part of me and who i was with people who found it uncomfortable now let's talk about since you brought up you know being asian let's talk about the major discrimination right now in this country against asian people particularly because they think the coronavirus came from all Asian people brought the coronavirus to the United States. And that's not true. But let's talk about the backlash that's been there. Because I mean, my heart just hurts. I mean, as you know, I have an Asian son-in-law and I just can't even imagine some of the hate crimes that are going on right now. Yeah, I think there's always been so much hate towards not just the Asian community, but many different types of communities out there. And I think people need to come to the sense of understanding and communication. I think that if you don't, dis if you disagree with someone, you should be able to communicate that without physically harming them. Mm -hmm. I think that we should be able to have dialogue such as this. And, you know, 
I think there's always, I've always, growing up, I've always found it inappropriate the way that Asians were portrayed in media. I think that for Asian men, for example, we weren't always portrayed as the the lead man, right? We were always portrayed as the strongest man in the room. And Asian women, I be, from my experience, I think I've always seen them on TV and in media as an exotic trophy for men. So I think when you have things like that planted in the industry for so long, it, it, it would transform to something like this. So I think that it's not a matter of fact of passing around blame, but it's a matter of fact of understanding and trying to get rid of the way that we were structured in our minds early on and to find new paths for ourselves to think. So do you see it more in New York because you're in a bigger state and a bigger city than you would in a smaller town? Good question. I think New York has many different kinds of communities here. We shared many different cultures with many different kinds of people. So I think that some parts of New York are very welcoming and opening towards um, towards the Asian culture, towards many different kinds of cultures, in fact. But I think it always just takes a few bad people, no matter where you are, it always just takes a few bad people to cause a disturbance, to cause some sort of instance such as that, mm -hmm. such as, you know, this relevant topic. So I think it could just, it could be anywhere. So let's talk about some of the stereotypes about Asian men and women that you would like to just like dispel right now. Just say, this is not true. And because I think once we start having these conversations and we realize that, hey, this is this is totally wrong, our way of thinking. Just like I used to say with my girls that we don't see color. And I, a friend told me one day, she's like, that's not the right way to say it. Of course, you see their color because the color is a part of who you are but you don't let the color define how you treat the person. And so that's when I started changing my whole attitude about what I say. So let's talk about some of the stereotypes then too. Yeah. So when it comes to stereotypes, like I said earlier, like growing up, I always on TV, I always saw the Asian men as the nerd, the scrawny one. They weren't the lead in the room. They weren't the ones the ladies always wanted. And when you have situations such as that, it kind of makes me, makes it difficult to relate and to see what I can be in the future. And when it comes to Asian women, they were, you know, I think different cultures were seen as exotic and different and a trophy and something that many people weren't always going after. So I think when you have instances such as that, it kind of pigeonholes you and it kind of limits your imagination and your possibility. So I think these days it's important to show that Asian, when it comes to Asian stereotypes, we are not only doctors, we're not only in medicine, we're not only in Ivy Leagues or high achieving things. I think that people, no matter what their identities are, no matter what their culture is, that our possibilities aren't limited, that we can be whatever we choose to be beyond our nationality, beyond our culture. So taking that back to what you said earlier about mentors, did you have mentors that were within your culture and also with for the ones that you looked up to that you wanted to emulate because i know there's a lot of people who are like if you look at hollywood there's not a lot of people to look up to in that particular characteristic but people that you emulated that were filipino and then people that weren't that you kind of combined this is what i want to be honestly the biggest mentors that i have in my life that have helped me professionally and personally they aren't filipino and that's for me that's completely fine because like i said earlier i think that we are 
more similar than we are different mm -hmm. and sometimes people go through experiences that are similar to yours just because they don't look like you that doesn't mean they haven't experienced yeah. the same things as you so i've learned from many different kinds of people both filipino and not filipino and i think that when we can just see people and have them help us based on what they've gone through that are similar to yours that we can get the most help out of that yeah that is so true because i was thinking about you know when you're a little boy you're looking up and you're you don't see anybody like you on tv you don't see you know i can't be like like of course you see a lot of white people on tv and i hate that but they're now hollywood seems to be taking a turn a little bit and having more women that are role models more more people of color that are up there and being heroes in the story correct yeah and i think it's a shift that we've seen. Media is always changing. The industry is always changing. It could, sometimes it's for the better, sometimes it's for the worse. But I think that we're heading towards a place where we're seeing more representation, which is important. But we should always encourage people to chase after what they believe in, go after what you believe in, that you shouldn't be limited yeah. by your skin color, by your race, no matter how you're portrayed in the media. If you want to grab something, go get it. See, that sounds like a total media. <laughs> response right there since you work in media <laughs> <laughs> have you seen a change though in in since you started working in media till now like a change in culture yeah and change in yeah in the way that people like for instance the george george floyd incident that happened last year it totally changed the way we view a lot of things in this world so have you seen that with the media that total swift change and say shift and say oh, we need to start looking this way and this way and change our perception around people. Most definitely. I think behind the cameras where most of the change happens and working in media, there's a huge support group where I work. There is, was a huge support group for the people who were uh, feeling affected by the Asian hate that was happening across the country. There are support groups for Pride. There are support groups for the African-American community. And I think it's important to have those support groups so people can be able to express themselves vocally and have conversation, have dialogue that's effective. And when you have those support groups, I really think it keeps people balanced and it keeps people productive at the same time. So there has been a lot of change in media. And mm -hmm. I think these things weren't in place years before, but it's, it's nice to see that um, corporations are taking a step towards understanding other sides that they haven't touched before mm -hmm. and to hopefully keep people see seeing um a better perspective out there yeah because i know some influencers are, that are now whenever they get a contract they actually have a writer in their contract that they want to see their representation how their brand is represented across the board and they don't want to just see all white spokespeople in there they want to see everybody of all nationalities all races all religions all um everything else you know all sexual orientations they want to see everything across the board represented and i think that's an amazing thing that we all need to band together to make sure that everybody is represented 100 percent. i think whether you're african-american whether you're caucasian whether you're asian-american we should all have an equal chance an equal opportunity and that wasn't something that was seen a long time ago you know the this country is very young and i think that it's gone through many changes in this lifetime but it's great to see that we're taking a step towards showing representation of different kinds of people out there yep that is so true now 
if our time is almost up. So is there one last little nugget that you want to share with people? I mean, look at your sad face. You were like, I was really enjoying this conversation. <laughs> well, we can continue talking. You can throw out some topics. Cause I mean, honestly, we can continue. We have a few, we have a time, but I was just thinking all the, all the talking points that I had were gone, but what do you want to talk about? Well, Let's compare life as a 20-year-old compared to someone who is not in their 20s. I think that would be great to have people see how our perspectives are can be similar or different. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, honestly, life has shifted a lot. I mean, when I was growing up, we didn't intermarry with people. We didn't, you didn't marry out of your race. You didn't, if you were, you were not like, I don't know what the word is, you know, but you weren't considered okay and i mean i look at it now 26 years ago even now my husband still gets looks i still get looks and and my girls are like mom they don't think i'm white they don't think i'm mexican that i don't know where i fit in but they've made their own place in the world so i think that's important but i think as a parent that you have to stand by your child no matter what they want to do even if they make the worst mistake in the whole wide world it's their mistake to make Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's. I think it's important to make those mistakes and that they learn from it. And I'm so happy to hear, you know, you've embraced a different culture, even though back then, like you said, it, you know, was kind of taboo and forbidden. You know, I think, like I said earlier, this country is very young and we had a different culture 50 years ago, but it's so great that we're leading towards something that's accepting of all. Yeah, because honestly, at, at the age of, let's see, when my husband and I got married, they were like, really? And but now my husband is the most steadiest. He's we're the only ones that were still married out of my siblings. I mean, everybody else has got divorced and never been married. But to be honest, it's just like they're realizing that they don't need to look at his skin color because he's the hardest working man anybody has ever met. Even my dad was like really impressed with the way he took care of everything. I love that. And it goes to show you that people are more than what you see on the outside and people have many different personalities and traits that represent who we are yeah that is so true and also too we wanted to make sure when our girls were growing up that they worked they knew the value of the dollar that they worked for what they got because there's so many people nowadays i don't know if you still see it from your friends where their parents are handing them everything so by the time they get out to go in the real world they don't know how to function in the real world yeah, for sure. I mean, in college, there were a lot of students out there who had their parents giving them this and that and kind of they were just kind of dependent on their parents. And I think that's good and a bad thing I would, because your parents aren't always going to be there forever, unfortunately. So it's important to be independent, especially when you have your own family. Your yeah. kids are going to look up to you. So you have to to be able to function on your own without depending on most people. Yeah, that's so true. So let's talk about when you were growing up. Did your parents say you have to work for stuff that you obviously pr pretty sure you did because you have the worth ethic, you know? Yes, like my parents are very, very hardworking people. My mom's a very hardworking nurse. Um, she works. She worked at two hospitals growing up and she worked very hard to make sure that me and my brother were comfortable with most means that we that we needed. So I always carry that work ethic with me even up to this day. I don't agree with everything in my family, but if there's one thing that I can't agree with, it's that hard work ethic that my mom, being the leader of our household, carried on from her past generations up to now. And I respect that. Well, that's really interesting that you said your mom was the leader. That is so interesting. Yep. 
Yeah, she loved, she was the breadwinner of our household. She made most important decisions in our household. So I think I grew up in a different household compared to most people out there. I think that these days that's something that's being more accepted. Having it doesn't matter who's a hardworking one. I think that when there's a family out there, there has to be someone, right? Regardless of their you know, their gender, to make the hard choices in the family. And that is so true. And that's another thing that we talk about gen gender, gender inequality is that, you know, now the perception is like women can be in the boardroom. Women can be CEOs of companies, but they're still not getting paid the same amount that a man is being paid. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, that's something we still see. There's many factors that go into it. But I think that we are taking progressive steps towards a place where we can see different kinds of people in the boardroom, but also see different kinds of people in different jobs out there. And I think what's great about this day today is that whether you're a woman, whether you're a person of color or someone who's been neglected in the past, there's opportunity for everyone out there. People can choose what kind of lives they want to live. Like some actually have some friends who prefer to be house moms. And for me, that's completely okay if that's what they want with their life. But if you don't want to be that, there's also options for you. So I think that's one of the best things that we can see today is that people can choose what they want to do. Yeah. And they can choose to change their profession in the middle of everything too, because um, I was a stay at home mom until the girls got into elementary school. Then I started teaching and then 2014, a whole nother story bottom fell out. I was blogging part-time and then I ended up going full-time blogging, bought the blog cabin, turned it into a podcast, YouTube show and which if you'd asked me in 2018 when i bought this i would have told you you're crazy and that there was no way i was ever going to do it but just showing that you can change your profession regardless of your age you don't have to be a 22 year old starting out you don't have to be 35 and still stuck in the job that you hate you can change the profession I'm so happy to hear that. And that's so true. Sometimes I, f I feel like society and culture kind of places time marks for us saying that by 30, you have to do this. By 40, you have to do this. But, you know, we all have different races to run. We all walk our own paths. And it's not up to society to put a timestamp on when we have to achieve or do certain things. No, that is so true. Now let's talk about one of your favorite guests on the podcast, because I can tell you my favorite, favorite but I want to tell you, want you to tell me your favorite person that you've interviewed on the, on the podcast. Ooh, this is a great question. And I don't want to play favorites because I, I really do appreciate everyone that we've interviewed and all the guests who shared their story. But the most favorite person that I've had, well, I'll tell you the most favorite moment that I had. And that was with my professor from college, Dr. Anthony Palamba, who we interviewed on the show. He's now at the University of Virginia teaching. And he, when we asked him a question on our show, which is, what are you grateful for? His answer was, I'm grateful for all the people who gave me a chance in life. And for that, that really stood out for me. It's probably something I'm going to carry on with me for the rest of my life because it's true. In most things that we do in life, people take a chance on us. He took a chance okay. on me for this yeah. podcast. People take a chance on each other with friendships, with relationships. People are always taking a chance. And I think that when we can d dive down into those deep things and appreciate people for giving us a chance, whether that's in personal relationships or our career, we can really see how positive life can actually be. Yeah, that's so true. Now, the only reason why I'm saying I have a favorite because it stood out, the moment stood out to me because it was like a defining moment. I actually, on my 25th episode, I interviewed my three girls. 
And wow. they did not know the questions that were coming. They knew I kind of had to talk them all into doing it because they all were like, no, mama, we don't want to do it. But it was probably my, the most funniest episode ever because my middle daughter and her sense of humor is like off the charts. But somebody had asked a question um, because we went live for this particular one, asked the question, what did you learn from your dad and what did you learn from your mom? And they said from their dad, they learned how to be like really strict with their money and they knew they had to pay their bills first. And that, you know, that was the whole responsibility thing we tried to teach them. But they said from me, they learned how to make something from nothing. They can remember all the years when I was blogging that I didn't have hardly any followers for the longest time. And then all of a sudden it just, cause I kept going on and on and did not quit at doing something. And they learned that from me. And to me, it was like, wow, I didn't realize that they were watching me because I thought they weren't interested in what I was doing. So oh, you that gave people, me goosebumps. I mean, you have people out there watching you and you don't realize they're watching you until you get that one aha moment where people are saying, wow, we knew you from no, we knew you when you were nothing. And now look at where you've come. Right. I mean, I'm so happy for you. That's so amazing. And you, you didn't give up. And I think that's something people can really learn from. It's something that I can learn from you. Like that's really inspiring, Melissa. And I'm so happy to hear that from you. I mean, yeah, I would have never thought that they would, because I mean, some of the questions that came out was like really funny or like, if you could be on a reality show, which reality show would you be on? And my middle daughter said, naked and afraid. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> if you want a good laugh, you need to go back and listen to that episode. It's episode 25. It's freaking I will. It's so I think hilarious. I'll check it out. I'm really curious to see this. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. So do you... Where do you see the Time Capsule podcast, Time Capsule show podcast going? Where do you see it going? That's a really good question. And it's something I've thought about often. You know, I always, I try not to look at the numbers and try to expect mm -hmm. a fast growth because I think that will just further deter me from moving forward, all of us. So I just want to keep sharing as many stories as possible. And whether we go big or go home, what I want to do is at least impact one person's life out there to show to make people feel less alone in this world and to also inspire people and to show them that, hey, there's so many different kinds of passions out there that you can make your reality. And if I can just get one person out there to follow their dreams because of our podcast, I would say that we succeeded with our mission. I mean, that's so hard to get because society goes numbers, numbers, numbers. Are you making money? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? They're so driven by that. So how do you not see the numbers? Because honestly, I will say I'm kind of like every once in a while I check the stats and I'm like, why did I check the stats? You know? Yeah, same. And when I look at the numbers, it's like, oh, the growth isn't there. The numbers aren't there. I'm not making a million dollars yet. But, you know, I think I just try to ignore that. I try to just focus on the bigger mission and enjoy having fun in the process. Like I'm enjoying this conversation with you. Likewise, I enjoy the conversations that we have with our other guests. So when I'm just having fun doing it, it feels less of a job. It feels less of a pain. And Another advice that another guest actually told us is when you create something, when you're an artist and you make something, most things are investments and you just let it sit there and let it grow on its own. And I think something like a podcast or whether you're a singer and you're making music or you're an artist and you're painting, I think that most art out there are just investments and you just let it sit there and grow on its own. And so one day you'll look back and see how far you've gotten. Yeah, that's true. Because I hope it's not that as far as what it was when I first started blogging to when my daughter said, oh, you built something from nothing. And I hope it's not that long. 
Wow. <laughs> so now our time is almost up. Is there one last little nugget that you want to share? Well, one thing I just want to tell everyone is follow your dreams. I know it sounds basic and typical. Follow your passions. It's something that you can't ignore these feelings in you. It's kind of like putting a ball underwater. It's always going to keep coming back to the surface. So confront the uncomfortable feelings. It's okay to feel lost and stop being perfectionist. And it's okay to look dumb sometimes. It's okay to fall, make a mistake. You learn from it and you should embrace mm -hmm. it. And life isn't always going to be perfect, but just hang in there. And hopefully you can figure out what your real purpose is in this world. Wow, drop so much wisdom for being 22 years old. I mean, I keep saying 22 because a lot of people think 22 is young, but it's you've like lived a long life with all these different experiences that you've had. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just a culmination of everything that I've gone through and also a lot of self-reflection. I think I think there's a lot of people who who can relate to the things that I'm saying or who actually say the things that I'm saying, but they kind of just ignore the feelings whether that's through drinking or partying or doing things to distract themselves. But I think there's a lot of people who could really learn from self-reflection and self-growth. Yeah, that is so true. So tell people where they can find you at. Yes. So you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts as Time Capsule Show Podcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at TC Show 21 And we have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, do you record your episodes or do you go live with your episodes? We record them. We're not that brave enough to go live yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want you to go live one and, and see if it doesn't bite you. If it doesn't say, okay, I'm going to go live because you're going to have the interaction with comments for people. And I think with the audience that you're showing and that you're chat people that you're chatting with, you're going to get that interaction. I would love for that maybe it's, that's gonna be our next challenge as a group <laughs> there you go and you also have a website as well right yes timecapsuleshow.com you can find all of our links in there and some featured episodes and some background about the hosts and is that where people can book if they want to be on your show most certainly yes so at the bottom of our website you can find our email and a form you can fill out or you can just email us straight at timecapsuleshow at gmail.com and we'll get back to you as soon as possible I just love that. So I want to thank you so much for being on Chats in the Blog Cabin. I mean, I've really enjoyed this conversation. You are more than welcome to come back anytime and you want to share anything. I may do. I may end up doing a panel. I may pull you in because I do do panels every once in a while. Like I had the women's perspective on race. I had the men's perspective on race. I had a panel on mental health. I mean, I have panels all, over the, all the time. The I time. would love that. I would love that so much. So I want to thank you so much for coming on. And like I said, you're welcome to come back anytime. Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. And I'm so happy we had this conversation. I really enjoyed it. So guys, we will see you on the next chat from the bog cabin. Be blessed. And remember, keep chatting. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe. And don't miss the next episode.